0: The Holy Gospel according to John, the 15th chapter.
1: Glory Glory to you, O Lord.
0: Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you.
1: This past week, as you probably heard, the mayor of New York City announced plans to reopen the city on July 1st, saying, we are ready for stores to open, for businesses to open, offices, theaters, all full strength. Given that this was one of the hardest hit cities, this news suggests that there really may be light at the end of the pandemic tunnel. On Friday, Governor Walls said that the Minnesota State Fair may be, and I quote, pretty close to normal. And also this past week, a CEO announced the company's plan to return to the office and concluded that announcement with these words, we ask that you keep in mind that this process is new to all of us. No one has ever put plans in place to return to offices following a worldwide pandemic. As a result, we can promise you two things. One, we will do our best to get things right from the start. And two, we will adapt as we learn what works and what doesn't, while we hope to get most things right immediately We ask for your patience and help as we move forward with this process, and we ask for your understanding as we adjust to reflect the things that we will learn along the way. After 14 months of living with all kinds of restrictions and adaptations, and now with things beginning to loosen and reopen, I can't help but think about all of these behaviors and practices and wonder which ones might stay and which ones might be abandoned. From safety protocols like masking and distancing, temperature-taking and hand-washing and staying home when feeling sick, to shifts in the way we do business like working from home, curbside pickup and delivery from grocery stores and restaurants, online fitness classes, remote learning, and virtual doctor's appointments, to how we have adjusted the ways in which we do church, livestream worship, Zoom classes and meetings, FaceTimed pastoral care, and restricted attendance weddings, funerals, and baptisms. Whatever your thoughts may be on loosening restrictions and reopening, it is almost certain that reentry will include extended and perhaps even conflicted conversation about which practices are here to stay and which practices must go. For example, it's hard to argue with the convenience of a virtual doctor appointment Early in the pandemic, when my 83-year-old mother needed to see her doctor about a minor matter, we were both so grateful that she didn't have to leave her home. Instead, a phone call with the doctor addressed her need. And with the exception of those with kids home from daycare and school, Many have found that working from home has provided some welcome flexibility that allows more time to devote to other activities like exercise and leisure and self-care and hobbies. On a side note, interestingly, a recent article in Newsweek magazine reported that while 83% of CEOs want employees to return in person, Only 10% of employees want to come back to the office (laughs) full-time. According to the CDC, the flu season basically disappeared this year, quote, thanks to the mitigation measures needed to contain COVID-19, such as physical distancing and mask wearing. In a recent case study, on what will stick and what won't stick post-pandemic, it is noted that online grocery shopping and virtual healthcare are here to stay, while remote learning and limited travel and the absence of live entertainment will not stick. Many have reported watching more television than ever before, At my house, we're working our way through History Channel's show called Alone. It follows the self-documented daily struggles of ten people as they compete to survive in the wilderness alone, or, as one participant put it when he was dropped off, completely, entirely, and utterly alone. Whoever lasts the longest goes home with $500,000. Now, while this show is not for the faint of heart, I have to say that I am both fascinated and inspired by the resourcefulness and the resilience of these men and women. As a viewer, you get this front row seat as the participants work to build a shelter, find food and water supplies, stay safe from predators, keep a warm and dry fire going. And all of this they do while managing the deep and profound loneliness that comes from extreme isolation. The reasons participants give for quitting or tapping out, as they call it on the show, are varied. One in particular will stay with me for a long time. Came from a woman who lasted 57 days While she was nearly starving, dehydrated, exhausted, worn out from the daily demands of surviving alone in the wilderness, and I should also mention very close to winning the prize money, the one thing that she found she could not withstand any longer was the emotional ache of longing for her family. When she tapped out, she said, I found my limit, and my limit is love. (laughs) I found my limit, and my limit was love. In January, the New York Times put this question to readers, what is the first thing you will do when the pandemic ends? Over 800 responses came in, and while varied, many sounded very similar, saying the first thing they would do would be hugging the grandkids, hugging a parent, shaking hands with friends, or sharing physical space with another person. One said, and I quote, I just want to be a part of a crowd. I want to experience that feeling of collectivity. Regardless of how you feel about or have experienced the changes imposed on us by the pandemic, to be sure, this one thing will never stick. People being closed off from one another. One might say, we have found our limit. And it is love. Our reading for today, as you heard, comes from 1 John, the fourth chapter. If you went to church camp as a kid, you probably have much of this passage memorized in a song. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God. For God is love. Beloved, let us love one another. And then my favorite part, 1 John 4, 7, and 8. The chapter from which these words come has been called John's Symphony of Love. Maybe not as popular as Paul's chapter on love in 1 Corinthians, but equally important and significant. John reminds the early Christians, and us, of a truth that we know deep in our bones. We are made for relationship. We are created for community. We are designed for one another. I love how in the book of Genesis, in the story of creation, after God made Adam, God says, it is not good that man be alone. And so Eve is created. Imagine with me. Just imagine the scene in the garden that day when God first presented Eve, this human being, to Adam, this human being. Surrounded, they were, by all of the beasts of the air, all of the birds, none of which was found to be a suitable companion for him. Before Adam now stood, Eve, a gift from God, a companion for life's journey. To Adam, she must have been utterly unlike anything else in all of creation and at the very same time, she must have been so amazingly familiar. I imagine that as Adam looked at her, his gaze was drawn to her face where his eyes met hers and it was as if in that moment he had known her Forever. And what's more, I imagine it was also as if he had been known by her forever. In that moment of connection, the Bible records Adam's words telling us that upon meeting Eve, he absolutely erupted with gratitude and joy, shouting, This, at last, bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. This at last. Today, as grandparents are reunited with their grandkids, and adult kids with their parents, and friends and neighbors with one another, I am certain that that same cry is going up all over the world. This at last. Beloved, writes John, let us love one another, for love is from God. John's call that we love one another comes in direct response to the love of God that is first expressed in the gift of human companionship, in the good company that we are privileged to enjoy with one another. And, it comes finally and most fully revealed in the gift of his beloved son, given so that our relationship with God might be made perfect in love once and for all. Friends, God knows our limit. God has always known our limit. And it is love. Amen.